0: to Moments with Marianne. I'm so delighted we're spending this time here today. We have a very empowering show coming right up with special guest Tanya Carol Richardson, and she's here today to share with us her new book, Angel Intuition, A Psychic's Guide to the Language of Angels. Now, Tanya is a self-improvement spiritual author and professional intuitive. She's been writing about angels and interviewing people about their encounters with angels for over a decade, and she's a regular contributor to MindBodyGreen.com. So let's welcome to the show, Tanya Carol Richardson.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
2: Oh, I, I can't believe it's been so long since we've done this, but it's so great to have you
1: here again. Yeah, we did this for my first angel book, Angel Insights, and now I have the new one, Angel Intuition, so this is, this is a good synergy for my books.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well gosh, I gotta tell you, as soon as I picked up Angel Intuition, I mean it's got so many great resources, man, I just love this book.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I I put a lot into it. I felt like I had a lot I wanted to say and teach people. It's really about helping people connect with their own intuition and learn how to grow it and use it and explaining how psychics like me do that. So there was just a ton of information I wanted to get in there. So I'm, I'm glad you felt like there was a lot there. That was my intention.
2: Well, and was that the main inspiration behind writing this book? Because I know that you work with a lot of people. Were you having like people come up to you and go, you know, hey, what's all this about angels?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that is true. But I think that there are, you know, often clients, I do intuitive readings with people one on one, or sometimes people will just read one of my books and email me or hear me on a radio show like yours and get in touch with me. And so that is a typical question. You know, how can I get more guidance from the angels? How can I connect more strongly with the universe and get more synchronicities or more intuitive dreams or, you know, clairvoyant images? You know, how can I get this happening um, for me? So that- that, is, that was a big inspiration with the book. I wanted to teach people how to kind of jump in the river and start swimming a bit more so that they can strengthen that connection to the angels and really see evidence of angels where they feel like they are getting signs, they are getting feelings, and they have a real clear channel and connection with their own intuition.
2: Yeah, and that's such an important thing. I, you know, especially when we're developing our intuition. I mean, a lot of times people are like, "What do I trust? What what don't I trust? What are your thoughts about that?"
1: Yeah, that's another great thing to bring up. I think that is the most common thing I hear with clients is, well, you know, I think I have a pretty, you know, we all have a sixth sense. But I do say in the book, you know, some people might be naturally more intuitive than others or they just might be at a different place in their intu- intuitive journey, like you said, where maybe they've been working and studying intuition and practicing it for a long time, so they've got kind of a good intuitive muscle built up. But for people who maybe, um you know, don't feel that way; they can often say, "You know, I feel like I have a good intuition, but I really second guess myself. I wonder if this is wishful thinking or am I making this up? Am I imagining this synchronicity? Was this just Carl Jung calls them meaningful coincidences was this just a coincidence that wasn't meaningful? <laughs> that kind of mm-hmm. thing so that is something that I always tell clients um." you know, really back it up with your own feelings. So there are four main psychic pathways. One is called clairaudience. That's where you hear voices in your mind. And that, again, that's different than somebody who may be having a mental illness and hears a voice or has an extreme vitamin or mineral deficiency or hormone imbalance and hears a voice. It's just a very calm, gentle voice that will tell you important, helpful things in a calm, gentle, even tone. Now, there's another psychic pathway, clairvoyance, which a lot of times people will describe psychics as clairvoyant, but clairvoyance is just one of the psychic pathways, and that's about clear seeing. The the word clair always means clear. So clairvoyance is clear seeing where you can get images in your mind that will just flash and give you intuitive information that way. Then there's clear cognizance, that is clear knowing, where you can just know something or really get kind of a download from heaven where you get a large chunk of information come in. Inventors will get this where they get brilliant or aha ideas just popping in. Uh, You might get that when you're brainstorming something on a work project. Or you might just feel like you know something about someone. You might just know what their relationship with their mother is without them even having to tell you what that complex relationship is like. And then the last of the four psychic pathways is the most common. It's the one that people use most commonly, most in their everyday lives, and that's clear sentience or clear clear feeling. So that is the that's the clairvoyant where you can you know you just feel in your gut that something is right or wrong for you to do or i say psychics often say this feels warm to me or cold so if something feels warm it feels like this is good for me or this is an authentic choice for me or this could be a good next step for me if something feels cold it might just not feel right or like it's not the right time so when you get intuitive hits or guidance, whether it's coming through your own intuitive system or it's coming something outside of you like a sign, a synchronicity or something that a friend or family member says that feels very prescient and you're thinking, maybe this is spirit talking through this person for me, really use your clairsentience, that's that psychic pathway where it's all about feeling intuitive information and say, how does this sign feel to me? You know, someone has been recommending the same book to me over and over. I keep seeing ads for it. Is this just a coincidence that doesn't mean anything? Or is this a meaningful coincidence where, you know, this is being brought to me for a reason? So see how you feel about that. Sometimes you'll get strong, clear sentient clues that something is a sign, like chills all over, the hairs on your arms go up. But really more, it's just about feeling the weight of the moment, feeling that something is important. You know, I describe in the book, um, Time can seem to slow down and things feel heavy with meaning. That's that's a sense, clairsentiently, that something that's happening is important and it's coming from the divine or coming from your own intuition. So when you think something is wishful thinking, check your clairsentience. Did it feel like it was something important? Not just in your mind, but feeling it in your own energetic system. And then also I say another good way to discern if something is a sign or not is does it keep coming up for you either the same sign keeps coming up for you the same thought keeps coming up or if something important you felt like something important happened that day do you keep thinking of it over and over you know the things that we that are important in our lives we keep getting reminded of you know it keeps popping up that that woman I met today I just can't quite get her out of my mind you know that's always a big sign from your intuition that something was important. Well it's so good to get
2: those those intuitive hits and really pay attention to them. And so before we go too far down the road on that, I do have some questions here like you know a lot of times people have some really common myths about angels that are incorrect and I'd
1: love for you to share some of those with us. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. The the one thing that my husband is actually, he always says, Tanya, this is the first thing you have to tell people <laughs> when you begin talking about angels. And perhaps he's right, it's the most important thing. It's that angels really work with people of all faiths. So t- sometimes we can think of angels just being with associated with the Bible or just being associated with the Christian faith. But while angels are mentioned in cultures and spiritual traditions and religious texts all over the world, sometimes we have a stereotypical idea of an angel and who they work with. So really, angels work with people of all faiths. They work with people who have no faith. (laughs) You know, sometimes I believe that people who – you know, maybe aren't that spiritual or don't really think about that aspect of their life, it doesn't mean that they don't have angels working behind the scenes with them and for them anyway. So angels work with people of all faiths. It doesn't matter to them what their faith is. I like to say that angels would prefer you follow the golden rule, which is do unto others as you would have done unto you, which is a rule that shows up in many cultures and many religious texts, but I think that's the safe one that angels would like everybody to... Go by your practice. Also, it's important to remember that an angel's love is unconditional. So there's nothing you could do to turn your guardian angels or your helper angels or your archangels, whoever you're working with. An angel will never leave you or abandon you or judge you or say hey you messed up I'm out (laughs) you know I don't want to be part of your spiritual guidance squad anymore they're really in it for the long haul and angels do feel it's an honor to be part of a human spiritual guidance squad so no matter what you do or where you end up or how how poor of a choice you feel you made your angels are still always right there with you rooting for you and helping you pick up the pieces and figure out a new path forward
2: now do, when angels appear to us, are they always looking the same way? Cause you hear all, you know, people saying, well, I saw my angel's wings and flowery dress or, you know, robe. You know, so I think there's this expectation
1: that that's how that's gonna look. Right. And angels do sometimes appear that way. I did see an angel. So I use all those four psychic pathways in my readings with clients. And when I'm working on a book where I'm hearing information, seeing information, knowing information and feeling intuitive information, and I get information from angels that way. But once I did actually see an angel quote unquote in the flesh, (laughs) it wasn't really flesh because it was an angel. So the, 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 image that I saw, the angel I saw in front of me was transparent as if I could have put my hand through it, although it was very detailed and it was very, very real, and this angel did have huge feather wings, a long flowing robe, the rope at the belt, the ringlet hair, all the stuff that you... Typically, hear about angels. But you are right, angels can appear in many different ways. They can appear as small colored lights across your vision, they can appear as vapor or mist, they can appear as a cloud in the sky, they can even take on human form, which actually angels will do sometimes when they feel that it is appropriate or they are allowed, is maybe a better word, to intervene in a dramatic way. Um, Sometimes people will be drowning, and they will say, oh, someone came and saved me, and then I looked around and there was nobody there. Or a farmer who's alone in a field and is having something malfunction with the machine, is about to be pulled in, they'll feel hands pull them out, and then they'll turn around, and of course they were alone in that field. So occasionally angels will even, like in the movie It's a Wonderful Life, take on a human form. So...
2: I think that's really important for people to hear because a lot of times, you know, our expectations, we may see something that, um, you know, we can't really explain, but that might be our angel.
1: Right. Yes, it's right. Because sometimes a good example of that might be, I've, I know I looked for this ring right here, <laughs> this ring that I lost that I really wanted to find. I I've, I've turned the house upside down, but now here it is right here in the middle of the counter. Occasionally dramatic things like that will happen where... You know, something could have really been moved around, um, where the angels had to take on some kind of physical form to do that. I think it's also a great moment to explain why angels can't always do that. It's not that they don't always want to help us find that lost wedding ring, or they don't always want to save that child or that adult from drowning. Because we've all have chance. You know, this brings things to our mind of, well, if the angels are real, why didn't they help me when that something like that happened to me? Why? couldn't they step in in a dramatic way and take on physical form? And it's a very complex question with a complex answer because angels have told me that sometimes their wings are tied and they're simply not allowed to come in and do dramatic things like that in every situation. And that is because... Our own life path and destiny is something very complex that's made up not just of destined and fated moments that we have perhaps agreed to or were set up ahead of time for us before we even manifested or came into being here as a human on Earth, but also it's about free will choice, You know, something that I think humans don't understand is that we are incredibly powerful spiritual beings ourselves. So we always think of angels and archangels and spirit and spirit guides and all these wonderful entities as being very powerful spiritual beings. But in truth, so are we. That's why they're aligned with us and want to help us so much. So we have been gifted with free will and that helps us co-create our realities here. And sometimes we use it in wonderful ways and sometimes we use it in poor choice ways that don't serve us as much. And they're is an element where angels have to honor to a degree sometimes our our free will choices and free will choices of other people and also larger events that are out of the scope of our personal destiny that we don't have access to that information. So there could be something that affects you negatively, but there's a larger purpose or a larger energy or something moving through the world at that time um, that is larger than your personal destiny. So I always like to say that Angels are always watching us. They always want the best for us. And they can always try and help affect a situation and give it a more positive outcome or soften the blow. But unfortunately, they can't always step in in these miraculous ways and just save our, you know, pull us out of the fire and save our bacon, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And is it in mostly, is that because of free will or... Um, I think it's a combination, you know, it's a com- because, you know, as hard as it can be to accept, I think, after doing so many intuitive readings with people and sometimes talking about, you know, a typical thing I hear in an intuitive reading is someone in the family that passed in the late 20s, early 30s, that age of 29, 30, that kind of thing, and occasionally I will hear, or more than occasionally, you know, this person may not have been meant to live a full human life Um, and there can be many reasons for that sometimes the person was just so like spirit they just kind of went back up and they had not they didn't want to be down here that that long this long on a soul level so however they ended up passing there could have been something more complex to that event so I I think everything really has to be looked at it on a case-by-case basis and I encourage people if something happened to you that you feel was very hurtful and wounding and you think gosh that's a really a time I would have loved for a guardian angel to step in and change the outcome or have made that event different, sit with your journal, sit with your intuition, sit with your angels and start asking some questions and feeling into it and discerning into it to try and see if you can see some of the bigger forces at work or maybe why an angel wasn't allowed to intervene or some kind of important lesson or growth that you got from that experience. But, you know, do your own spiritual investigating with this as well. Well, and and the thing that's interesting a lot of times things happen
2: so much behind the scenes we may never even know what was done on our behalf you know
1: yeah it's true and 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 i think that's that idea of the mystery of faith like you said a lot of times we we don't even see all the time someone is an angel is intervening for us or we don't realize some of some of the times when things happen for us that it's really a grace moment that was divinely inspired or there was an angel really pushing for that. And I think that opens up the larger question of the mystery of faith. You know, I think a lot of this life and things that happen to us, we, we won't ever fully understand in this dimension, in this human body, and we kind of make peace with that on some level.
2: Well, before you um, went over the four clairs, and I would love for you to share with our listeners some of the things that we need to know and maybe just be conscientious of when we talk about clairvoyance.
1: Okay, so clairvoyance is, again, that, that word clair, that root of, of each one is clear. So clairvoyance is clair, clear seeing. So that is that one psychic pathway is about images. You know, so maybe if you... and And you could be strong in clairvoyance or and not strong in another one. You could be very strong in clairvoyance and really not strong in clairaudience. You never hear anything, but you see a lot of images. Sometimes people have the ability to open up a different psychic pathway. Sometimes it can be like a domino. You're very strong in one, and then you start getting more into your intuition, doing exercises like I have in the book, Angel Intuition, and the domino falls, and they all start to open up. Or you experience a time in your life when your sensitivity and intuition starts opening up and other clear start opening up. So uh, be open to that, knowing that other ones could open up for you that aren't open right now. But the clairvoyance, usually that's when you're seeing something in your mind. So it's a picture that will flash in your mind that will give you intuitive information. Often, I, sometimes this is straightforward, like if we go to that metaphor of losing your ring, you might be trying to find your ring or your car keys and you get a flash of the bathroom sink, so you run back there and That's where it is. But often it's something that is a metaphor. So... One of the examples I give in one of my books is, um, I'll actually give you a, a, maybe an easier example that I also give in a book. But once I was in a session with a client, and she was asking about somebody that she was dating, or I think it was somebody that she had just quit dating. But I saw a weather vane, just like on the top of the old barns. It's like the rooster, and it points in each direction, and it spins whenever the weather's blowing. So I saw that weather vane blowing around, and I knew that was the angels telling me that this person's affections change very easily, (laughs) kind of with the wind, you know. So this can be a hard person to pin down or get into a committed romantic relationship. At least right now, he's spinning around like that weather vane. His, you know, his inclinations and his attractions are are going with the wind. So sometimes with a clairvoyant image, there's a a little bit of discernment. You might have to stop and think really quickly about that image. I just got out of a session with a client and – we were talking about how this year, 2019, she's very much set up to, to make some really big changes. And so I kept seeing this golf course, you know, how you go through the whole course and then you get to the final part of the green where you can put it in. You know, she'd gone through that course in some areas of her life and she was set up now on the green where she could put it in. So that was the angels letting me know, you know, you're really set up to go ahead and make that big change now. You're in a nice position on the green basically. So with the clairvoyant images, it can involve a little bit of discernment because they often come as a metaphor. The other thing about clairvoyant images is sometimes they will appear outside of You, Or you might see an image, you might be talking to a friend and then you kind of see an image around her. Um, You know, maybe people who can see auras kind of falls into this category. It's where you're seeing something near someone or around someone. But usually it's in your own mind.
2: Well, and that's you know that's so important, so people have an idea of what to look for, how it's gonna look, and also kind of what to kind of watch out for because I mean your book has such great information for people to kind of navigate that whole thing with connecting with angels and communicating with them, and then you also talk about your um it's like your spiritual your spiritual guidance squad. And I'd love yes, for
1: you to share what what is that? Yeah, people seem to love that phrase, that spiritual guidance mm-hmm. squad. And I guess it it's, it is a good descriptive phrase. But the idea is that there are many people on the other side who are looking out for you. So in the book Angel Intuition, I kind of go through a description of each type of entity on the other side that might be looking out for you. We all have several guardian angels who were assigned to us or volunteered to be on our team before we were even born. So they are with you very closely, very intimately, and you're the only person they're watching out for. So they're, they're always with you, and I kind of liken them to that old Disney movie. I think it's from the late 50s, Sleeping Beauty, where she has the three fairy godmothers always around her. So we've got those guardian angels that are kind of always buzzing around us and very concerned with us. Then we have archangels. Archangel Michael, I think, is by far the most (laughs) famous. He's got the best PR team for him. So uh, Archangel Michael and any other archangels can be on your team. And those archangels, sometimes people have a strong connection to a certain Archangel. I feel like sometimes men who are highly sensitive um, and in touch with that uh, very reflective, soft part of themselves have a strong natural relationship to Archangel Gabriel. People who have a strong natural warrior energy usually have a strong natural relationship to Archangel Michael. So you could already have a connection to them or you can ask to work with any of them even though they, there's only so many of them or there's a limit a quote-unquote limited amount of archangels, they can be with as many people as they need to be at once, and you're never diluting them by asking them or taking them away from someone more important. So feel free, even though the archangels are kind of the celebrities of the angel world, feel free to ask them to come and help you, because they each specialize in a certain thing, and if you feel like you have a need that is like you need to heal something in your life you can call an archangel raphael and archangels do have a very strong powerful potent energy so don't be afraid to call on that on that archangel energy for help and assistance and then there are helper angels which are really fun these are freelance angels that are just flying around you know metaphorically flying flying around looking for someone to help just like um human freelancers so and they specialize just like humans in everything so there might be one that specializes in healing or emotional healing or relationship counseling or dating, coaching, or whatever it is, entrepreneurship, you know, uh, anything like that. So anything you can think of a human would specialize in, there could be a helper angel and you can just quickly in your thoughts or in your journal just say, I really need some extra angelic help with this project and a helper angel will come along. Then there are spirit guides. And this is kind of important to talk about because loved ones who've passed over are spirit guides. So they're humans who used to be here on earth and now they're souls in heaven and they have elected to be part of your spiritual guidance squad. So someone, a relative that was very close to you or takes a keen interest in your life can elect to be one of part of your spiritual guidance squad and perhaps your grandmother who passed on is keeping very close tabs on you from the spirit world as a spirit guide. And that includes animal spirits. So, and, and animal spirits are another thing you can call in. I always say the wolf is a great one if you're worried about your survival needs because if we think of wolves, they always get their survival needs met. You know, <laughs> They have no qualms oh, yeah. about being out in the woods and making sure they're taken care of. So if you're feeling fragile with your survival needs, the wolf spirit animal can be a great... Spirit ally to call in to help you make sure you get what you need. Uh, Then there's also, of course, spirit itself, which to me is part of that mystery God, spirit, the universe, source energy. I feel like it's something that's part of all of us, but is also separate from us and is somewhat contained. So That's interesting, but I feel like spirit itself is part of your guidance squad. And then your higher self, which is a phrase I think that's become more popular in the past few years. And that's the idea that there's a part of you your soul, that is still a little more closely connected to the dimension we call heaven or is less closely concerned about this earthly life and can kind of see the bigger picture, see why you came here. So sometimes people will say, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask my higher self what, what what that Tanya thinks about this situation and what she thinks I
2: should do here. And how to move forward? Well, and it's it's interesting because when we start really trusting spirit and what comes through, you know, it's it's like we start getting these connections, and people are like, "Wow, you know, it's happening."
1: Right? You mean feeling more connected to certain mm-hmm. people on your spiritual—not people, but entities on your spiritual guidance squad. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And I don't know if there's one that you feel connected to but i I feel like people do often feel that for example with an archangel you know they can get to know the name of an archangel and and what this archangel specializes in and they might call on that archangel to sit with them in their daily meditations or they might pray to that archangel or they might and as you said they get to feel the energetic bond and the presence of it and wow this i i really feel like this archangel is real and, and this this energy is with me
0: On that note, we're going to pause here for a quick break. We've been speaking with Tanya Carol Richardson in regards to her new book, Angel Intuition, A Psychic's Guide to the Language of Angels. You've been listening to Moments with Marianne. We'll be right back after these messages.
3: internationally recognized and award-winning author judy goodman works and teaches outside the box of limited thinking working with people from every walk of life her goal is to empower you to be the best you can be no matter what the challenge is born with the gift of seeing beyond our normal vision she has an extraordinary gift of working with every challenge teaching beyond conventional wisdom her work is described as life-changing visit judygoodman.com that's judygoodman.com There comes a moment when you realize you're somewhere special. When you discover that each beautiful creature that you see has been rescued from a life of absolute horror and brought to this incredibly free place. Here's where their lives were forever changed and where yours will as well. Discover over 500 tigers, bears, and lions at the brand new Visitor Center at the Wild Animal Sanctuary just outside Denver. For more information, visit wildanimalsanctuary.org. Discover true freedom at the Wild Animal Sanctuary. Have you ever had the sense that your thoughts might actually be doing something? Ancient secrets of manifesting have been masterfully revealed in the award-winning book, Manifesting 123, by Ken Elliott. For the first time, the author's experiences and stories in this book describe exactly how your thoughts can create anything. You've been doing this all your life, but it's never been fully explained for you until now. Visit manifesting123.com for more information today. Manifesting
1: There are nearly 2 million Americans living with amputation. Many live right here in San Antonio. Becoming an amputee can be scary, frustrating, isolating, but there's no reason to feel alone. The San Antonio Amputee Foundation is here to help support you and guide you toward resources such as home and car modifications and even prosthetic limbs. For more information or to make a donation, visit saamputee.org. We'll help you live a full, active life, one step at a time. San Antonio Amputee Foundation, healing limbs, hearts, And souls.
0: Welcome back to Moments with Marianne. We're here today with special guest Tanya Carol Richardson, and she's sharing with us her new book, Angel Intuition. A Psychic's Guide to the Language of Angels. Now, Tanya, before we went for break, we were talking about some of the things that angels can do for us. And there are things that they can't even touch at all. From what I understand, the things that they can't touch, I believe, is due to free will. So is there anything that the angels cannot assist us with?
1: Well, I think they can't do anything that we're meant to do for ourselves always. So, mm-hmm. I think our own free will choices can affect our destinies in some in ways that maybe angels can't undo. I do like to say that, you know, your destiny or your life path is it's like a GPS system. It will keep rerouting, you know. So, you can't ever take yourself really off of your destiny or your life path. So, Whatever choice you make, how, however much you think maybe you look back at that choice five or ten years ago and think, "Oh my gosh, it was, that was such a poor choice." That I, I wonder if that took me off of the the life I was meant to live or my destiny. It's it's an organic thing. That's all the path is always right beneath your feet, and it's always reconfiguring and adjusting, just like a GPS will when you take a wrong turn in a neighborhood when you're trying to go to a certain direction. So just bear in mind that it's always rerouting and reconfiguring. And part of the reason it has to do that is because life is always changing. You know, other people are making choices or things are shifting in the world and different energies are moving through the world. So it's got to be a very alive, organic, flexible destiny because <laughs> that's what life is, you know. <laughs> so so I think that angels, you know, some things, and and that might be a good, you know, experience of maybe – if there is something that is reoccurring in your life like let's just say a financial issue and of course we aren't all in control of our finances sometimes we lose a job or sometimes the economy tanks or these are these larger forces we can't always control some someone comes in and takes our money or something but you know if you can see a recurring pattern of something in your life that keeps happening See if there is something that you are meant to learn or shift or somehow you're supposed to make a change in there too. And maybe the best the angels can do is just, often the best they can do is send you signs or guidance about what you should do. So that's probably a better way to put it. Angels can't always take the action step for you. Sometimes the most they can do is, pressure you or encourage you to take an action step and sometimes you feel that pressure from heaven just by saying you know i just feel such a strong desire to take this trip i don't know what it is but this my girlfriend told me about this trip this workshop and i just can't get it out of my mind i feel like i've got to go so that could be your guardian angels saying you know putting that pressure on you that that what i call it an angel nudge where you really feel the urge to do something. Well. And in your book, and
2: talk about angel nudges, and we've been, gosh, we've been covering so much, I I do kind of want to go back a little bit, because in your book you talk about psychic ability and sensitive, you know, people who are sensitive. And if someone's working with a psychic, and why don't we even start off with like, what does a psychic mean? And if someone's working with a psychic, what should they be looking for?
1: Yeah, and and as you know, I do talk about that in the book, so thanks for bringing that up. Um, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, the one thing that I, I also bring up in the book is sometimes there are people who are very skeptical, skeptical about psychics and intuitives, and I think we have to remember that everybody has a sixth sense, you know, so this is way more normal and accessible than we'd like to believe. Also, I feel like sometimes people are always afraid that, The People in the psychic arts are trying to scam them. (laughs) Occasionally, Mm -hmm. you'll get that. You know, people, how do I know this person is real? Or how do I know they're really tuned in? So you have to remember that I would think, you know, the majority of the people who come to this kind of work have good hearts and they want to help people. You know, so remember that. So you're looking for somebody with a warm energy where you feel like their heart is in the right place. They're really out to help people, which I think is the majority of people who go into the healing arts. Then you're also looking for accuracy. So you don't, I think trying to test a psychic and expect them to tell you every cold hard fact about your life can be counterproductive because you already know the cold hard facts of your life. Also, when you come to someone with a lot of skepticism, it can Start to shut down their intuition because they don't feel comfortable. So just remember, nobody likes to be put on the spot and tested. So you're not so much, while they, sh- while they need to display accuracy, maybe they do need to be able to intuit some, some of the cold hard facts of your life or enough that you feel you need to get some signs that, y- that you feel prove to you that they're really tuned in. Really, they're supposed to be going beyond that. You know, they're supposed to be getting to some of those deeper issues in your life or, or pointing out to you some of the potential and possibility in your life that is in your blind side right now and you can't see. But they do need to display accuracy. So I think Maybe if you go to somebody over and over and you're just like, gosh, none of this ever comes true or I I don't ever feel like it's quite on target, you know, maybe the connection between you two or whatever, it it just isn't right or that's not the right person for you to be working with. So they should display accuracy, although nobody bats a thousand. And I think it should be somebody that you feel comfortable with because when you're doing intimate work with, with a healer, you need to feel very open. You know, and that helps them pull in the information from your psyche, from your spiritual guidance squad. So it should be somebody that makes you feel very relaxed and open and comfortable. That's how you feel around them just naturally. And that will help you to open up and create a stronger psychic bond so they can be pulling, um, more information out. I also typically like to work with healers who are humble. (laughs) That's just Mm me. You know, some of my favorite Um, spiritual teachers that I love are you know uh, I I could think of one who's always you know talking about how wonderful they are and I love that person I love that great confidence that big confidence they have and in themselves but typically when I work with a healer very closely one-on-one I like I like to see some humility because a lot of being a psychic or being and intuitive with a client is being able to step out of your own ego and your own mind, and just pull it in. You know, so a lot of the things that are said in a session will come as a shock to me, come as a shock to the client, and that's a good sign that we're pull. I'm pulling in information that isn't coming from my ego mind, which is what you want.
2: Well, and it's interesting because you know some some people are a little bit more in tune with our energies and other people. So you really have to kind of feel where you're
1: at with that and decide who's the best fit. Right. And, you know, sometimes... And, I, you know, it's interesting because I heard a an intuitive or psychic say years ago before I was doing this that they, they, they really always, almost always had good sessions with people. And, and since I heard that, I've heard that from other psychics and intuitives. And I feel that way too. It's very rare... Very rare that I get somebody who, you know, didn't like the session or it felt like there was some friction or something or they didn't like what I was telling them. That's incredibly rare and I think that that is not because, that's not necessarily a sign that I'm this amazing psychic. It's more of a sign that the universe is drawing you towards people that are good for you and, and you can work with and you can make progress with. And I think that was true of the other psychics I was I was hearing. So I think another great, and I will hear this from people sometimes, they'll say, gosh, I got your book or I saw you on a show or I heard you on the radio and I just felt so called to work with you. It was just this consistent feeling. So look at who you're pulled towards, whether that's somebody you just want to read their book or you want to work with them one-on-one, who is calling? you who is pulling you <laughs> you know and that's a great sign of somebody that you can really learn and work from at, in that moment that is so important well and, and
2: i'm sure there are listeners also that are going you know what that is great but i want to have my own connection with my angels my you know spirit uh spiritual guidance squad i want to have that own connection so what are some things they can do to
1: develop that yeah, so, you know, really educate yourself about it. So you don't have to buy my book. Of course, I'd love it if you would, <laughs> Angel Intuition, but you could buy a book like that. You could just simply go online and read articles. I write a lot of articles for a very popular site called mindbodygreen.com. So, you know, go around and start You know, start researching intuition and researching, I have in the book, The 11 Magical Ways that Angels Send You Guidance. Research some of these ways that you typically receive divine and intuitive guidance. And then also don't be afraid to ask for it. So the way you ask for more guidance is... Simply by being aware, and that's a passive way to ask, but it's very powerful. Just by being aware consciously that there is a universe and angels and lots of other stuff that's interacting with you all day long, just that conscious awareness and keeping that in the front of your mind will not only allow you to recognize more guidance, it will bring more of it in. So that's one thing. That's really powerful. The second thing you can do is is really ask just by... You know, in your thoughts, in a prayer, this doesn't have to be elaborate. It can be very quick, like you're driving to work. Oh, angels, I really need a a sign today for how to handle my boss. (laughs) You know, this relationship is really (laughs) tough. I'm struggling with this. Or how to handle my coworker, my subordinate, whatever. You know, really look, you know, just ask quickly that way. And it doesn't even have to be in the form of a quote-unquote prayer. Also, another way that I really like that I sometimes tell clients is just with a journal entry – and again, this doesn't have to be long, but say you've got something really weighing on your heart, like, should I buy a home? Should I have a child? Should I commit to this part, this romantic partnership? Should I take this new business opportunity? How can I make more money? Something that's a big theme that's weighing on your heart. You know, open up your journal and just address it to your angels or your spiritual guidance squad and just, you know, pour out a bit of your heart of what's going on. Not that they don't already know, but you're activating your powerful free will in that journal entry by saying – Guys, I need your help, you know, I I need more signs and guidance, I, I need some strong signs and guidance here, I need a big opportunity, I need you to step in in a bigger way. So that's another way you can more powerfully activate your spiritual guidance squad. But really, like anything else, it's about patience commitment and practice so it's it's the same way that if I decided to go to the gym tomorrow for the first time in my life I wouldn't go over to the biggest weights in the room and start lifting them (laughs) you know I would (laughs) maybe hire a trainer if I had the extra money or I would just slowly start out and watch other people and start out on the smaller machines and do a small workout and then slowly gradually build up so really if you want to increase your mystical abilities, your own mysticism, and your connection to the universe where you're getting stronger, more regular, more powerful, intuitive guidance, then it's simply a matter of showing up at the gym every day and doing a little bit of work. Well, and you know what? And with that practice, then you start to really trust what you're getting. Right. Right and And that and and you, and I think the trust is also about consistency. you know sometimes you can play little games with your intuition, we've all had that thought that oh, I should grab an umbrella today, but it didn't say rain, I'm not going to grab it, sure enough, you needed the umbrella or you know don't don't book a client on Thursday afternoon. You keep hearing your intuition. Now oh, I need to get my people in Thursday afternoon. And then you find out there's an event on Thursday afternoon you you <laughs> would have really wanted to go to. You know, so the I think the best way to test your intuition is not in those big ways that are very loaded. There's a lot of emotions. There's a lot on the line. Test it in the small ways. Those little nudges and whispers you get from your intuition that you listen to and it pays off or sometimes you ignore and then you think, oh, I wish I would have listened to my intuition. That on those where there's not as much on the line, you know, those. that's a great way to start playing with your intuition is in the small ways every day. Where should I go to lunch? Who should I ask to hang out with this weekend? Where should I go this weekend? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: I know in your book you also talk about people who are sensitive. And I'd love for you to share with us what does that mean and what are some of the coping skills that people can use because I know a lot of people are like I'm afraid of opening every you know opening up spiritually, you know, or maybe to my angels because I just don't want everything to come in.
1: Right. So I think that there, and I'm actually writing a book on sensitivity right now that comes out in 2020. So stay tuned for that because I feel like this is a hot topic and there's a fair amount of what you would call HSPs or highly sensitive people or empathic people that um, are getting more educated about this. They want more information about this. They want to know how to navigate and make the most of their, navigate life being a sensitive and make the most of it. And I think the first thing to remember is I feel like there's a lot of cultural messages about like protect, you're overwhelmed, you absorb too much. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, woe is me. I'm a sensitive, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So I think we have to, you know, we have to remember that, sensitivity is a gift it's how people were wired sensitivity can also come on at different times in your life through through different events or different things like that but being a highly sensitive basically means being hyper perceptive it means as if anyone has read the book the highly sensitive person dr elaine aaron did uh, most of the early research on this and it basically means that there are people who simply perceive more. So they pick up more easily on subtle stimuli. The subtle stimuli could be the noise in a room. It could be the emotions of someone in the room. But they just pick up on more, which means that their their nervous system is more easily overstimulated or overwhelmed. It's not because their nervous system is weak. It's because their nervous system is hyper-attuned. <laughs> so, it, mm-hmm. so it's more easily overstimulated. So That is, so while highly sensitive and empathic people need to protect their nervous systems and may need to build in more downtime, you know, more low stimulation time. A perfect example is somebody who's highly sensitive might have a big weekend where, let's see, there's a wedding or there's, you know, they go out to a concert and the next day they have brunch with friends. The next weekend they're going to say, I want this weekend off, I need to be at home, snuggled in, reading a book, you know. And really what that's about is they had a wonderful weekend, but they they took in a lot. They picked up a lot, and they're, they're still vibrating from that. So they need to get themselves back down to neutral. And how they get their nervous system back down to neutral is to retreat and do some things that are low stimulation. So that's hanging around the house, watching a movie, reading a book, you know talking with an an old friend that you don't have to perform for you know that kind of stuff it's it's low stimulation type of stuff, so really highly sensitive and empathic people are always trying to balance the stimulation and find the right balance so that they don't isolate too much. you know they're out there in the world enough to enjoy themselves and do what they need to do, but they can still pull back and then Empathic people. Can are are highly sensitive people who also are very attuned to other people's energy and emotions. So sometimes the hard thing about being empathic is you can pick up maybe just on a little world energy or maybe a relative who's across the country you pick up on them or something. So, But again, that's not something that has to overwhelm you, that's meant to overwhelm you. One thing that I always tell highly sensitive and empathic people is a lot of what you're picking up on is stuff that's directly in your Directly in front of you. So maybe you're an empath who's at work and it's a very stressful time. There's a change in the company or a change in management and people are freaked out. So you're picking up on all the freaked out in collective energy of the room. Really, a lot of just like when you're an intuitive or using your intuition, it's about focus. What are you focused on? You know, are you, when you get home at night, are you still thinking about that office? Are you still thinking about this change or how people are freaking out or are you focused on your family or your roommate or your project or your creative project you do to unwind when you get home? So it's really a lot about what where you place your focus is where your energy goes. So I think highly sensitive and empathic people get very careful about where they put their focus.
2: I think that's so important. And, you know, it sounds like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, do you think eventually there comes a place where you need like that balance as a sensitive person? Because I know some people, they're like, oh, I'm so sensitive. I I can't go to the grocery store. I can't. And they have a list of things like, I can't go to the movies. I can't do all these things. And they end up really isolating themselves.
1: Yeah, I think that's the, the tendency towards isolation is something that Empath and highly sensitive people have to watch out for because, as we all know, it's no fun to be overstimulated, but it's also no fun to feel isolated, to feel (laughs) understimulated. You know, that's (laughs) no fun either. So, I think that sometimes highly sensitive, empathic people can err on the side of isolation just to try and keep the stimulation low. And then, you know, as soon as you realize you're understimulated, go do something where you're around people or there's a a brighter, stronger energy. Um, And while you know we have to be sensitive ourselves to people who are very empathic and are are feeling other people's emotions and energy when they are walking through the grocery store or something um it's It's also i think it doesn't help anyone if we get into this victim mentality because I don't think that anyone was ever given their sensitivity since I work as a psychic. I think everyone's sensitivity is different, and everyone's everyone's life and personality is different. But if I'm able to walk through the grocery store after seeing clients where I'm tuning into their deepest wounds and their biggest hopes for the future all day, you can do it too. I'm telling you, you can, you know. So it's just about, I think, learning different boundaries, different focus, different shielding techniques if that works for you. But I know that there, if you're listening to this and you feel like, gosh, that is me where I feel like I have to isolate, I know that there are things that you can do that can help you live. Your life on whatever terms you want to live them. That's so important, you know, to have
2: that kind of understanding that it doesn't have to be. Because you you do hear a lot of talk about you know when people are having to keep themselves kind of shielded from everything. It really doesn't have to be that way. That it can be worked on where you can get to the point where, um, you know, yeah, you that you're you're protecting yourself when you go out, but it's not to the point where you can't
1: go out. Right, because that that is probably, you know, I think we're all meant to be out in the world to a degree. And, yes, there are people who are more introverted or like to stay in a closer circle of family and friends or like to live in smaller communities. You know, these things are all individual. Some people want to live in in the middle of Paris, and some people want to live in a rural town in Montana. You know, it's all very individual. But I think we're all meant to be out in the world of service, shining our light, sharing our gifts, helping others. And I think we're better, happier, more fulfilled people when we're doing that. So if you feel like your sensitivity or your empathy is keeping you from doing that and holding you hostage, or it's something that... It feels like it's not a gift, it's something that causes you to suffer, you know, reach out and read some of these books or work with a therapist or get with somebody that you feel can help you because there, there's no need for you to have to feel that way or live that way. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, and so, you know, gosh, like one of the questions
2: I've had, and this might be kind of a simple one, but we look at Angel's and their language, is it something that they're actually speaking to us, or is it something just in the signs that we're getting? Is that the kind of language we're looking
1: for? Yeah, that's and that's why I called the subtitle of the book is, as you know, Angel Intuition, uh, and then they have the language of angels, learning learning to speak the language of angels in the subtitle, because really the language of angels, it's funny, there used to be people hundreds of years ago that felt that angels had their own language with their own alphabet, and you had to learn that and learn that alphabet and learn that language. And I, I never want to call anyone else wrong, because everyone has their own experience and process. But really, I think what we're understanding now is the intuitive arts are the language of angels. They speak to us through the four clairs. They speak to us through those eleven magical ways that angels send us guidance. That can be, they can nudge your friend to say something to you that's very prescient, that that is how they speak to you. They can speak to you through your dreams, they can speak to you through music, they can speak to you through feelings you have and gut instincts. So unfortunately, angels Can't really get in front of our face and speak to us like our best friend would, but they can again encourage our best friend to say something to us we really need to hear. And with the clear audience psychic pathway, they can actually talk to us. So some people do have the capacity for clear audience or can open that up, and you can actually hear a, a very clear. I use it all the time with my with clients and. It's very clear. It's how I can know where someone lives before they tell me, or what age their daughter is before they tell me. I hear it in my mind, and it's a voice that's not my own thoughts. So again, you know, you never know. I have that angel intuition. I have the intuition spectrum, and it kind of helps you figure out where you are in the intuition spectrum right now. Part of that is how you're naturally wired, but another part of it is um, how open you are to this, or how much you have studied and worked with this stuff. So sometimes people can. Have a domino effect, as we mentioned before, where they will open up other clairs that were almost dormant to them. So just know that there's always a lot of growth and potential there. You know, while, while someone might be very good at languages and is the kind of person that can just naturally very quickly learn French and Spanish and, you know, we all know these people who know six languages and we marvel at them. So some people are that way with their intuition. They're just very good with intuition. But we can all learn other languages. We We remember that from school you know, or from maybe knowing one of our friends was in a Spanish-speaking household growing up, and we started to pick up Spanish words just being around their parents or something. So intuition is that way. The language of angels is that way. You can learn this language, and you could get quite adept at it if you just practice.
2: Well, you know, you must
1: have been using
2: your intuition, because let me tell you, I was gonna be a I was gonna ask you about the intuition spectrum. And it so when we get to a point where we're like, okay, this is where I'm at on the spectrum, can we advance
1: at all? Yes, definitely. So I think I, I think the way I phrase it in the book is you can move around dramatically on that spectrum. Just as far as where you put your attention and your energy. You know, whenever I started getting my clairsentience got very strong, my clear audience where I heard the voice was very strong. I started reading a lot of books about this stuff by famous psychics like Sonia Cochette, and I was already into stuff like Wayne Dyer type of stuff, and I'd always been spiritual, so I'd already studied the Kabbalah and all these different kind of spiritual traditions. But once I started really reading about this kind of stuff, and I had to understand what this clair audience was and what this clairsentience was, you know, I would hear these authors talk about clairvoyance or seeing the image and I think, ah, oh, that's just one of the clairs I don't really have. I've got the clairsentience, I've got the clairvoy I've got the clairaudience where I feel things, I hear things, but I, I don't think I have the voyance. And then sure enough, you know, the clairvoyance a couple of years came online and I started seeing images and I was like, this is what it is. This is what those <laughs> people are talking about. So now, of course, I use the four clairs heavily in all my sessions with clients. And part of the reason I'm able to do that and sometimes wow clients by the information I know about them without them telling me is simply because I'm sitting here doing this every day. You know what I mean? I'm in I am swimming in this river every day with clients, so I'm naturally gonna get better and better at it. Just like somebody who picks up carpentry, if they make that their profession, they're gonna make a cabinet that's gonna knock your socks off, you know, because they do it every day and they're excellent at it. So just remember the more you immerse yourself in this and trust your intuition and play with it, maybe take a workshop, read a book on it, that kind of fun stuff, the more you're going to advance at this. You might get some Oracle card decks. I don't use Oracle cards too much in my readings with people, but you might want to start reading them for friends and family and see how good you get at it. You know, play around with it. And the more you play around with it and the more interested in, in it you are, you can definitely move up on that intuition spectrum and maybe even surprise yourself at how far you go. Well, I think that's so fun because
2: a lot of times people think, well, I just have these things and that's it. You know, or maybe I don't have anything, so it, <laughs> right, know, I get a little discouraged. It's like uh, I I can't even check any of these clairs off my box. There's like I have none. So, but it well, takes time, like you yeah, know, to develop, right?
1: Yes, it takes time to develop. And if you are in that camp where you feel like, Ugh, this this is all fun and I wish I could do this, I love this kind of stuff, but I can't check any of those clears off, start with That That is the most common one. That is clear feeling where you feel something. You get a gut instinct about something. You get a good or bad feeling about a person or situation. You walk into a room and you can kind of sense the energy of a room or sense the energy of a person before they even tell you if they're feeling happier sad that day. So play around with your chance because that one is the most common one. We all have it. So start Start there. And then another one you might look at is the clear cognizance. And that's where you get the intuitive, it's the intellectual, I'm sorry, it's the intellectual psychic pathway, not intuitive, intellectual. Mm -hmm. So that's where you're getting information via the mind. So you might have just this brilliant idea pop into your mind out of nowhere of how you should handle something or what you should say to someone or again, maybe even information you could never have known about somebody starts to come into your mind, and that's claircognizance. So you might just think that those are just crazy, wild ideas you happen to glom onto, but actually it's your intuition talking to you through some of those brilliant, aha-inspired thoughts that you have. Mm,
2: I love it. So much great (laughs) inspiration to be had and so much that can be developed. I mean, there's, um, my goodness, angel intuition has so many tips. I mean, there's no way we're going to cover them all. And I've got more questions than we have time. You know, the, And um, for our listeners that are thinking of getting Angel Intuition, I highly suggest it. it has things like 11 magical ways that angels send you guidance. That is like such a big deal. I mean, I, I kind of want to get into that, but we don't have enough time. And there's also, I mean, you kind of talk about some of the, they're you know, kind of like the golden rule kind of things, you know? And so you've got those listed as well, which um, I'm sure our listeners will enjoy when they read. So, um, Tanya, where can people learn more about the work you do? Because I know you're highly gifted. You know, I'm sure you're booked out for months. You know, where can they connect with you and be part of your community and, and maybe even schedule an appointment with you?
1: Yeah, and you know, I feel like thank you for saying I'm highly gifted. But honestly, I think we're all highly gifted. We all have very special gifts inside of us that we're meant to be born in the world, and we're all special gifted people. So remember that about yourself. That that's true of all of us. No one's more gifted than anybody else. And you can find out more about me on my website, which is TanyaBlessings.com. It's kind of easy to remember T-A-N-Y-A Blessings.com, and you can. Find Find information about my books, you can get my books on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or check your local bookstore. Sometimes they have it, and it's always fun to support the local bookstores. And you also can find information on my site about booking an intuitive reading with me, which is fun. I love to do that with people. And I have a free newsletter. So if you just go to my website, which is either tanyablessings.com or you can just go to tanyarichardson.com, it will pop there'll be a little pop-up where you can uh, put your email into the newsletter and then usually about once a week I send out a free newsletter that people seem to love or I get good feedback about it so I guess I'll keep keep torturing them with my free newsletter
2: (laughs) well you've got a lot of great information on your website highly suggest everyone go and check that out and Tanya thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us here today
1: Yes, thank you. I really appreciate the time and the attention you gave to the book. And it's a a great show. And you're such a wonderful host with such a good energy. So it was really wonderful to be on.
0: Well, thank you, Tanya. It has been such a pleasure to spend this time with you. And of course, to talk about your new book, Angel Intuition, A Psychic's Guide to the Language of Angels. Now, Angel Intuition is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all indie bookstores. And of course, at Tanya's website, which is tanyarichardson.com, and we'll have the link below. Well, we're at the end of our time today. I would like to thank everyone for tuning in. You're listening to Moments with Marianne. And remember, make every moment count.
3: In a single moment, your life can change. Moments with Marianne is a transformative hour that covers an endless array of topics with the best of the best. Her guests are leaders in their fields, ranging from inspirational authors, top industry leaders, and business and spiritual entrepreneurs. Each guest is gifted and a true visionary. A recognized leader in her own work and while teaching others to develop, refocus, and grow, Ann will bring the best guest and sometimes a special surprise. Don't miss this. You never know just which moment will change your life forever. Moments with Marianne airs every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, and Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Make sure to tune in and visit Moments with for more information.